Welcome to Around Our Schools, a program to share what is happening at the public schools we support. Last month and for the next four months, we dwelled into the Clatsop Community College. We citizens voted to tax and bond support for the first community college in Oregon. The year was 1958, and we still agree to tax ourselves to fund almost a third of the costs that run that, that college. Two years ago, over 1,600 students attended Clatsop Community College. This year, we are below 1,000. I am Sarah Meyer, the host, and Margaret Fremeth is the Tech Guru Partner. Today, we talk with Jared Sober, who is the Vice President of Student Success at Clatsop Community College. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed much of traditional classroom education on campus. Yet, the drive to keep learning and expand opportunities continues. Jared's work covers many responsibility, so let's get started. Jared Sober, will you tell us about yourself and how you came to Clatsop Community College? Sure, um, I'm originally a native of Curry County on the other end of the Oregon coast, and um, found myself needing to go away to school after I graduated high school. Um, I did my undergraduate work at Southern Oregon University, another great Oregon institution, um, and then decided I wanted to see the world, so I went all the way to Pennsylvania, where I discovered that I really liked working in student services. Um, completed my master's program there, came out to work at the Evergreen State College up in Olympia, Washington, because I realized that not only did I miss the Pacific Northwest, I really didn't like the fact that I needed to shovel my water when I was out in Pennsylvania in the middle of winter. Um, there I really discovered I like working in community colleges and it really tied in for me because one of the big drivers for me in the work that I do um, happened during the late 80s, um, early 90s when the mill in town went out. I remember standing on my parents' deck um, looking across the Rogue River at the mill there and watching the stacks shut down, watching the steam go out and everybody getting, getting in their cars and leaving the mill for the last time and that was just it left an indelible mark on me um, as part of why I do the work that I do. And at the time, we didn't have a community college in that town. Um, now, Southwestern Oregon is fortunately has a presence there. But at the time, we didn't have options. My friends packed up with their families and left. They went, for, went to places like Grants Pass, Roseburg, and Medford, where there are still timber jobs. And it really, really tore apart the community. So that's what led me to move into community colleges, what led me to um, the field that I'm in, and then eventually, after working at a couple of community colleges up in Washington, I, find, I found myself finally back in Oregon and um, back on the Oregon coast. And I'm glad to be here and um, I'm glad to be doing good work here at Clatsop. Vice President of Student Success is quite a title. What does that cover for this community college? So really conceptually, it's about um, the work is about how do we get students from the front door of the college to the door of the classroom? So it's um, everything from admissions, registration, financial aid, um, and some of the supports that we do um, outside of the classroom too, like our TRIO student support program. Even before students get to Clatsop Community College though, we have other programs, our admissions and outreach work in the high schools, as well as our um, TRIO talent search and upward bound programs that actually work with students in middle school and high school to help them be ready to go to college, even if that destination isn't Clatsop. It really is about connecting students with their future work and providing those wraparound support services so that when they get to college, they can be successful. So you've talked about the TRIO granted programs. Tell me a little bit more about that. 
So TRIO is, we actually have three different TRIO grants at the college. So TRIO um, doesn't, it used to be an acronym, but it's not so much anymore in true federal government fashion. It, those are federal grant funded programs and they're designed to help students who wouldn't traditionally access higher education be able to do so. So Talent Search and Upward Bound work in the high schools and in the middle schools to help work with students, to help them understand what it means to go to college, how to be prepared to come to college and be successful, but then also make sure that they're successful in doing things like applying for financial aid, making sure they're making the right choices, seeing what their possibilities are. Then the TRIO Student Support Services program that we offer here at Clatsop Community College, that program really works with first-generation students, students with disabilities, and students who are low-income. Um, and low-income is actually a fairly broad category for a, lot of, um, for a lot of folks. And so those students then receive additional support services. So enhanced advising, coaching, tutoring, mentorship programs, those sorts of things. So that um, primarily designed for students who may not normally sort of have that family knowledge about how to access and be successful in college, can then gain that knowledge from our staff as well as the mentorship and support they need in order to stay on track for their classes and eventually graduate. So those are all outside of credited classes that they get and that they're paying for. This is services that we provide. These are services that we provide. Students do not have to pay a single penny to access any of those services. So is there a typical student who comes to Clatsop Community College? And what are their costs? So there isn't really a typical student at Clatsop Community College. We serve a really broad range of um, students, folks who've been out in the workforce for a while and are coming back, folks who, um, who are coming directly from high school. Um, we have a significant population of those folks. We have folks who are coming back and wanting to complete their degree or even earn a GED, quite frankly, um, who want to not only improve their economic prospects, but maybe also serve as an example and a role model within their families. So we have folks that are coming back in their 60s, 70s, and 80s saying, I never completed a college degree, but it's important to me and my family that I do so. And they're doing that. And we have folks who are the grandchildren of those folks who are coming in saying, this is going to be my first step. I'm going to do a transfer degree. I'm going to do a technical degree. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to go on to Oregon State and become a beaver. I have to plug them because both my parents are beavers. So I apologize to any of the Ducks fans out there. Um, although my cousin is, I do have one cousin who chose to go to U of O. But um, so we have a lot of different routes and a lot of different options for a lot of different students here. The majority of our students receive some form of financial aid, either from the federal government, the state, or a combination thereof. And so when you look at our tuition rate, we have one of the lower sort of combined tuition and fee rates of any college in the state right now, and much cheaper than going across the river um, at one of the institutions I used to work at. Um, but even with that, we provide a lot of support because it's not just about tuition, it's also about covering things like your housing expenses and your food and those sorts of things. So we provide support around those things too. So to say sort of what's the, what the typical cost is for a student, it really is gonna depend. Um, the best way to describe it is sort of like a sliding scale really as far as what you're going to need to have out of pocket. And it really is based on your individual circumstances. The idea though is we wanna make sure that cost is not something that would ever be a barrier for someone attending college. And we work really hard to make that happen. So being a person who pays for things, mm -hmm. sliding scale and 
make it available is tough. Um, if I were listening to this program and I wanted to know, well, what is a class going to cost me that's three credits? Mm -hmm. So our, our base tuition rate is about $120 a credit. So a three credit class. Um, so that's going to be that it's going to run you about 360 if you're receiving no financial aid and you're just paying for that out of pocket. We also do have a lot of lower cost community education options as well. Um, so it really just depends on what you're wanting to accomplish. Okay, if we're following up on those costs, what kinds of financial aid might help a student? So the first place to start is filling out the um, free application for federal student aid, also called the FAFSA. And so that is sort of the gateway. There are, we do serve a lot of folks who are not able to submit the FAFSA. Oregon fortunately has its own financial aid process where you can apply for state-based only aid. Um, and so we can definitely help folks do that. We're talking, but as far as the different types of aid programs, we're talking things like the federal Pell Grant, the Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant. Both of those are federal programs. We have um, Oregon Promise, the Oregon College Grant, which has fewer, fewer restrictions and requirements than Oregon Promise. Oregon Promise is a great program for folks who've just recently completed their high school credential. And then we also have a lot of scholarships um, through our college foundation. We have a very generous community that's really been supporting our students through a lot of different scholarship programs. And then we also have um, institutional aid that the college itself puts forward in order to help students access. Wow. CCC sounds like an ideal cost savings education for those students wanting a four-year degree or higher. They are saving at least half the dollars charged at a university, and on the whole, they will be having smaller classes. Ah, more personal and helpful learning. So if a person is thinking about going back to school, but had dismal learning experiences and feels unsure, what are the possibilities that your staff help him with? I think one of the things to keep in mind for someone who's maybe not felt successful in education prior is that attending a community college is going to be different, both from the perspective of you know, what they may have experienced in our K-12 system and what they might experience at, say, like a four-year university if someone maybe gave that a try and it didn't quite work out. Um, first off, you're, taking, you're going to be here in your community when you're taking classes, so you're able to maintain your support system that you have around you. Um, a lot of folks who are coming to community colleges, they're going to be in classrooms with fewer distractions. Um, everybody's here, not because they have to be, but because they want to be, because they made a choice to be in college. Um, and so just that change in environment. Our smaller class sizes, um, while we do have some very small school districts around here in K-12, compared to colleges and universities, we have some of the smallest class sizes you're going to find, which means you get a lot of attention from faculty who really, really are there because they want to be able to support you in your learning. And the suite of services that we're able to provide around a student is really, really a wonderful support that maybe helps students get connected in a way that they hadn't previously. And so between all those things, we still need to focus on the learning. You know, one of the big things that we make sure of is that the ex educational experience in the classroom is still high quality. And so it's not about making the classes easier or anything like that, but it is about putting those supports around someone and helping them understand that we really are here to help them be successful. And that tends to change folks' perspective, and it also ch tends to change people's level of success when they're encountering their classroom. That sounds wholesome. We try.
Can you speak first about the first stop for a new student and how that helps make a better experience? So this is one of the um, changes that we're, we're just now implementing at CLOTSIP in order to really improve the student experience. So previously, when students wanted to get started at CLOTSIP Community College, they would on average have to make three different appointments, visit, visit three different offices in order to apply for admission, um, figure out sort of where your starting place is going to be within the curriculum, what, what we call placement. Um, they might have even been asked to take a placement test and then to meet with an advisor and get registered. And that might, require, might have required three different trips to campus. It would have definitely required connecting with three or four different people. And then if you had questions about financial aid, then you had to go to another office. What we're doing is we're bringing all of those services together with staff who are cross-trained. So as a student, you get to know that one person who's gonna be sort of your main point of contact, your main support. You don't need to tell your story multiple times to multiple people. You really just tell it once, maybe twice, depending on if you need some additional specialized service. But the idea is then, it bring, the idea behind it is to bring the college to you and make the college navigable. And the easiest way to navigate anywhere is to only have to go to one place. And so that's the concept behind that first stop. So our staff are being cross-trained to be able to answer questions about registration, financial aid, admissions, help walk, through, walk students through that process and really make it easier because we want the challenge to be in the academic rigor. We don't need the challenge to be in sort of navigating the college itself. So is first stop held at the Welcome Center? Yeah, so the first stop is actually going to be the transformed Welcome Center. And so we will be, um, we will be bringing additional resources into that space as we move forward. And it will allow students then to not have to go to different offices. It will allow students to, like I said before, really um, just have that one point of contact where they can really feel taken care of. So if someone has not been on campus and they say, what's a welcome center? How do I find it? What might you tell them? So right now, I'm going to tell them that it's on the first floor of Columbia Hall, just right across the door when you walk in. And the Welcome Center is the place you should go in order to get started and in order to get any of your questions answered. And if someone there doesn't know the answer to your question or isn't able to help you, they will refer you directly to someone who can. Can you tell us some of the efforts to meet student needs during this pandemic year? Sure, absolutely. So we've been working closely with our college foundation to increase the number of grants available. We've been working, our financial aid office has been working really aggressively with many of the federal aid programs that have come out. So CARES, the new CARES Act, the new CRISA Act, we have more monetary financial aid available now than we have ever had in my entire career working in higher education to help students access education. In addition, um, actually, on the 18th of this month, we're going, to be, we're going to be having the grand opening for our food pantry on campus. And this has been a project that's been a year in the making. Um, it's a, par a partnership between Clatsop Community Action, the college, and the college's foundation, as well as our student government, in order to be able to bring food resources on campus to students who maybe are experiencing food insecurity. So we're really bringing a lot of those types of resources around. Um, in addition, we have moved our counseling services to be able to provide telecounseling. Um, and we're really providing um, additional opportunities for students to try and engage, and both through clubs as well as through um, student government and with our additional support services. TRIO is also virtual now. 
So are we a virtual campus or do we have students that attend? So we have a combination. Um, so for most of our transfer students, their experience is gonna be almost entirely virtual. So if your class does not right now does not require you to be in person, um, so if it's something like a lecture or something like that, you might be still in a live lecture with a faculty member, it's just you're going to be doing it through your computer screen. We do have quite a few classes though that are still in person and those are gonna be things like our lab-based classes. So things like welding, automotive, maritime science, nursing, medical assisting, all of those classes are in person because there's really no substitute for hands-on work. Um, our biology and chemistry and physics labs are all in person. Um, although some, some areas like our geology lab, students are doing geology online with kits that they're able to bring home too. Um, it was actually kind of fun. I got to see our president go pick up one of those um, kits from the bookstore last quarter. All right. So some on campus, some off campus. If you're off campus and you don't have access to online computer systems, how are we helping students get so there? So we're providing laptop checkout through our library so students can check out a laptop for the entirety of the quarter if you don't have internet access at home. Um, so that's sort of the device part. And then the next part is access to the internet with that device. I'm actually really excited. We just received a shipment of 20 Wi-Fi hotspots um, that we're distributing. We already have 19 of them spoken for, but as soon as we get more requests, we'll order more and we can have them here within a couple of days now. And so the idea is then that no student should be without access to the college. So being not a technical person, what is a hotspot? So a hotspot's basically a little device. It's much smaller than a bread box, actually. It's a little bit bigger than a credit card as far as its footprint and maybe about a half inch high that you can actually literally carry around in your pocket. And that hotspot uses cell phone towers to connect you to the internet. Wow. That's nice to know, thank you. Absolutely. So we provide some tabloids and if they, for people that don't have access to their own computers? Yeah, so we're actually providing um, laptops. Um, tablets are a great resource for students who have those. Laptops tend to provide a little bit more functionality, especially with a keyboard. It makes it easier to type papers and those sorts of things. But we do have students who utilize tablets if that's your device. Um, one thing I do recommend though is if a phone is your primary device for accessing your class, checking out a laptop will help, help eliminate some barriers and make things a lot easier for you. Okay, in spite of the pandemic restrictions, the campus still has opportunities beyond the classroom, like clubs and work study and student government. Do you have any sharing of what those groups are doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Our student government is ramping up its activity. They're having weekly online meetings. They're working with the college to improve the experience for our students now. Um, the, with clubs, our Latino club is actually getting ready to host their Valentine's Day fundraiser, and they're going to be doing that online. Our um, GSA, our Gender and Sexualities Alliance, has been having regular meetings and check-ins with their members, and they're getting ready to host some additional activities and events online as well. Do they meet ever in person or is it all virtual this year? Everything's virtual right now. They can meet in person, but because of the restrictions due to COVID, they can only have basically no more than six people in a room at a time. And that just makes it really hard for them, especially those groups that have, you know, might have 20, 30 members in them. And so they are doing all of their work really online right now. 
once we're able to be back in person, they're going to be ready to go and ready to be active in person. Okay. Uh, we offer tutors. Clatsop Community College offers tutors and help obtaining a GED for those wanting to earn the equivalent of a high school diploma. Do many people seek this advice? Yeah, and so our tutoring sessions, um, they, don't, they aren't completely filling up, but they're being well utilized right now. So we have three tutors for English and math. And then we also have our GED program that's running actually some of their larger classes um, than they have in a really long time. So we're really excited about that. We even are still able to provide GED testing for folks who are able to do tests. I am proud to say that we took, at the beginning of the pandemic, we took a pause of about three weeks on GED testing and we were right back up at it. And we've had students testing and completing their GEDs every week since this last spring. Um, I just found out that our bigger neighbor to the east um, in that big town um, just finally was able to get their GED testing back online this next week. So we have been leading as far as ways to make sure that folks can access high school completion and make sure that they can access resources. When you say we have more numbers, do you have a count of that more numbers? Is that three people or is that? So our tutors typically have about four to five time slots each day. Um, we're running three, three regular tutors um, for writing and math. They're probably about 75% full is what I'm hearing from Tina right now. I don't have an actual number though. I need to go check in with Dan and Tina and find out the actual number amount. So they are being utilized and they feel like their service is well received. Absolutely, and I had the pleasure of referring a student to them just two days ago, actually. Okay, so how does the college reach out to non-English speaking potential students? And what is offered to help in their success? So the college offers a literacy coordinator um, who works with folks who are non-English speaking. Um, she herself does speak Spanish um, as a second language, or actually, I believe, possibly even as her first language, but um, she's fluent in Spanish, so she does a lot of work um, with our Latino communities around the area. We also have um, relationships with various organizations around the area um, to help us connect. And then through our ABE program, um, we provide um, classes for people learning to speak English. And those are also connected in with our GED classes as well, so that if folks want to make that progression and then need to complete a high school credential, they can do that, or they can prepare and move directly into our college curriculum if they're ready for that as well. Do we have very many Latinas students? We do. Um, we actually have a higher percentage of Latino students than you find Latinos in Clatsop County. Um, so our population is between 12 and 14% every year. Um, right now is what I'm remembering right off the top of my head. And, um, and so, yeah, we've, we've done our best to make ourselves available um, to the Latino population in Clotsop County, and we're really excited about it. That really speaks well for this community. Thank you very much. Jared Sober, Vice President of Student Success at Clotsop Community College. We've covered much today, and I really thank you for sharing. Can you give us contacts for people wanting more information about going to Clatsop Community College? Sure, absolutely. So anyone who's interested in getting started at Clatsop, whether you're thinking about a GED, whether you're just trying to test the waters or find out what you're interested in, should contact Ben Polensky. He's our admissions coordinator. And you can do that at 503-338-2417. 
or send an email to admissions at clatsopcc.edu. So that's C-L-A-T-S-O-P-C-C.edu. And that's also our website, www.clatsopcc.edu. Thank you. Any last thoughts? So I think one of the things that I'd really like people to have as a takeaway is that we are really here to serve our community. And we understand that the people in our community have a lot of different needs. And so we provide a lot of support services for folks in order to make sure that everybody can access the college. And that includes things like our GED program for folks who haven't completed high school yet. Um, it includes things like our support services and our TRIO program. It also includes a program that I haven't mentioned yet, which is our Lives in Transition program, which is a really great entry point for folks who know that they wanna be making some sort of change um, think college might be part of that, but aren't quite sure. Lives in Transition really is excellent at helping students explore those options as well. Thank you. Any upcoming events? So we've got a few things coming up, like I mentioned before, the Latino Club's getting ready to do their fundraiser. We are actually working on plans for how we're going to be doing commencement soon. I believe we might have a gallery opening or two coming up, or a gallery show or two coming up as well. And then always keep an eye on our foundation because they always have things going on to help support the college. Thank you. Jared Sober has given us great insights surrounding the support for students at Clatsop Community College. People of all abilities are welcomed and there is help along the way as they progress to accomplishing their goals. Courses training for living wage work and transfers for degrees and classes enhancing lifelong learning can happen at Clatsop Community College. We heard today some of the efforts that help students succeed. Again, thanks to Jared Sober for being an, an important spoke in the wheel of school. I'll give the last words for our day to Margaret Fremeth. So this is Margaret Fremeth, and I think one of the things that is important to note after everything that Jared has talked about is how the college really works together to support student needs. And one of the overarching areas of, of student support that has been growing in the last several years is a deliberate attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, there's a new group that has been working on House Bill 2864, which is a state bill asking schools to look directly at the cultural competency work they've been doing and to report back to the, to the um, legislature, which we've done. The DEI, or Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council, has also created a charter. And the, the language of the charter begins by saying that DEI will lead and advise efforts to cultivate a culture that examines and disrupts the negative impacts of power privilege and oppression, and deliberately promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion at Clatsop Community College. And so in that way, it's a, another effort to ensure that students are welcomed here, find a place here, and are able to succeed with all of the services that Jared talked about. Before we close, I want to encourage women interested in going to school to register on the college website to attend the WINGS conference on March 13th. It is virtual this year and will give overview to becoming a student at Clatsop Community College. You will hear how important that step to return can be and how incredibly helpful the staff and faculty are as you decide to continue learning. Go to the college website, clatsopcc.edu, or call Pat at 503-717-1852. clatsopcc.edu, or call Pat 
at 503-717-1852. Thank you to KMUN for hosting Around Our Schools. This program will be posted with a link on their website. This is Sarah Meyer and Margaret Fremuth, your hosts. Stay safe and live life. Thank you so very much. Thank you.